0: where has this information been in my life like why don't people know this like why isn't this a part of school and i I graduated from college this is deep and it was all about transacting and i had only read the first two or three pages so hello drop the mic mind blown with the entire program what you're really doing is learning how to influence and transact in life and business just happens to be part of that life
1: helping people build ambitious and satisfying careers businesses and lives this is the influence ecology podcast now here is your host john patterson
2: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm your host, John Patterson, the co-founder and CEO of Influence Ecology, the leading business education in transactional competence. Broadcasting from Ventura, California, this podcast features case studies, stories, and lessons from business owners, executives, and entrepreneurs who found real solutions, real results, and real satisfaction, not only with work, career, and money, but in every area of life. You'll hear how these ambitious professionals found that those who transact powerfully thrive. As featured on CNN, The View, Oprah Winfrey, and others, Vernice Flygirl, Armour, has inspired countless organizations and individuals to make gutsy moves and breakthrough results. Vernice has a unique vantage point and has empathy for what fractures our nation. COP... Marine? Black? Female? Gay? Vernice first propelled herself from beat cop to combat pilot in a record-breaking three years and became America's first African-American female combat pilot. She has two honorary doctorates, was a diversity liaison officer to the Pentagon for headquarters Marine Corps, and is a member of the Comcast NBC Universal Joint Diversity Council. Her signature book, Zero to Breakthrough, was published in 2011, and she's at work on her next book, The Cutsy Move. Bernice now mentors and keynotes for elite senior executive women in tech and demonstrates how to navigate courageous moves in challenging corporate climates and in times like these. Here's the interview. Bernice Armour, welcome to the Influence Ecology podcast. It is so great to have you with us.
0: John, it's great to be here. It's always great to be with you though.
2: Yeah. Same back to you. How long have we known each other now? About four years, five years, seven years. I can't even remember.
0: Are you kidding me?
2: Oh my God. 16.
0: Yes.
2: Wow. We're just, uh, we're just starting FOT 70. So it's been a while.
0: Let's put that in perspective. It's been a
2: while. Oh my gosh. That's a long time. All right. So, um, Let's do this. Uh, 2011, 2012, it was somewhere
0: in there, somewhere in there.
2: Okay, a while back. Yeah. Um, Just introduce yourself. Tell us your name, where you live, and uh, why you're famous.
0: Infamous, (laughs) right? So my official name out there is Vernice Fly Girl Armor. Uh, Due to, not to be confused with J-Lo, but due to me flying attack helicopters two tours in Iraq, And after going to combat, I became America's first black female combat pilot in U.S. history. So that's the uh, historic side of it. Uh, Before that, I was a police officer. And it's been a crazy journey. My life has been built on one of service and giving back. And with my company and what I do now, I feel like I'm just you know, continuing to give back from the leadership lessons I learned in those two professions.
2: Mm, fantastic. Yeah. And tell us about your profession now.
0: I am an author, uh, speaker, advisor, and facilitator. And I have recently added advisor and facilitator because as of this recording, Um, the civil unrest and the protests for George Floyd have been occurring. We're about three Mm. weeks out now and things are mostly peaceful. And what to do, what do we do? What action do we take? Is a very common question for our policymakers, i.e. politicians, mayors, governors of state, uh, police chiefs, and mm-hmm. for citizens, what do I do? How do I contribute? You know, for most people, not everyone, but I would say for most. And when I look at my history, my background, I was a cop. I was a soldier, served in the National Guard unit, two of the policing entities on our streets, right, that are quote unquote keeping the peace. Uh, Marine, I've been trained, uh, and participated in Mm -hmm. battle, meaning a a chaotic environment. And I'm also, and actually as my last duty station, I was the diversity liaison officer for headquarters Marine Corps. And I was part of a committee at the Pentagon that created policy for all the armed services. So then you go to the other side, Mm. black woman, gay, Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm in three categories of um, people that have historically been discriminated against. So I also have the experiences of those classes, right? And uh, it's so I just have a unique that pers- I realized I have a very unique perspective because I understand what a lot of times what those cops were think. Both sides. I mean... I can understand how they were probably like the service members and police are feeling, you know, pushing the protesters back. I mean, I've been trained for protests, peaceful and violent. Uh, And I know how it feels to be pulled over two days in a row or walking through my own community and ask, Oh, are you visiting? Like, what about me makes me look like a visitor? Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it's, it's really, really interesting. So I've added advisor and facilitator, to help organizations, policymakers, our leaders with, quote unquote, the conversation, the conversation that we now find ourselves in.
2: And for our listeners, I, we're not necessarily here for this particular topic, because, uh, but since it is timely, is there anything you'd like to say about both sides of that situation and how we might Think accurately about what's going on.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that question. And uh, I think it's just timely and timeless, right? It's for all times. And silence is consent. Silence is compliance. Silence gives permission, right? And anytime we're silent, when we see a wrong happening, what are we doing? What decision are we making? And as a police officer, I've heard the term, most cops are good cops, which I would agree. We have bad apples, just like every other profession, which I would agree. And I have to readily acknowledge that good cops also get caught up. Because I have been in situations where especially as a rookie and I didn't know what to do. And this guy with Sergeant stripes is getting ready to, and I'm thinking, well, I don't know. He knows what to do. He's the senior guy. He trains rookies. Of course he has to know what's the right thing. And I didn't intervene. I didn't Mm -hmm. intervene. Or I went to the tough neighborhoods to make, show a police presence and make them more secure and get tough on crime and conduct traffic stops. When I was really going to the tough community, black community, over-policing my own brothers and sisters.
1: Mm.
0: I thought I was doing the right thing. Good yeah. cops get caught up. So it's a culture, right? And for our citizens, um, so for my for my police policemate, policemen and women, it's what really is the right thing? And it's not the, the code of silence and we got to support each other no matter what. But what, what's really in that moment What's the right thing to do? And do we have the moral courage to stand up and do it? And for my um, U.S. citizens, my neighbors, my friends, my families and my community, when we see an injustice happen, what's the right thing to do? And what can we do? Um, number one, you can say something. Number two, you can become a part of an organization that is actively doing something against racism and injustice. You can, in this moment, donate to defense funds that are getting protesters out of jail. It's expensive to get out of jail. Um, We can have an open mind. Oh, And oh my God, this is a big one because I just found myself here. Educate yourself. That's a, that's a long tail one, kind of, but I learned when I was writing my op-ed, uh, which is a whole other thing we could talk about, but I learned more in three days than I have in the last 20 years about policing mm. racism, and I'm thinking, how could I not know this? How did I not, but I wasn't intentionally educating myself on racism, or policing, or use of force, or where are we, and and when we say we have to get policing back to where it was, policing started as overseers who oversaw slaves. Then it became enforcers of the Jim Crow laws to keep black people in line. And in a lot of police department histories, you'll see where it says we became more professional, a more professional department. And I was I was like, why did it become, why wasn't it professional at first? Well, because of the history. It was ad hoc until it became professional. So the very culture of policing came from policing black people. So when Mm -hmm. we understand that and you hear a lot of defund the police, it's what people are really saying is we have to reimagine and recreate what we want security in our communities to look like, what we want Mm -hmm. safety in our communities to look like. And that's going to be a big task. And it's going to take a lot of coming together to get people on board. And it's absolutely, absolutely, absolutely going to take people being educated on who they are going out to vote for. And Mm -hmm. to vote for anybody, you got to go vote.
2: That's right. That's right. There you go. Beautiful. Well, um, I'm going to segue with education because it's why we're here. You've been participating in this education for a long time, a lot longer than I can remember. Um, and
0: I still remember but, my very first study paper. If I could throw that in, like it was yesterday. Keep going, because I'm sure you. Uh, I know.
2: I still remember your first conference, like it was yesterday. I remember outside of the streets of Chicago having a little conversations with you, or no, maybe at a bar. Know. I'm not sure, but it was fun. Don't talk. So about that, let's I'm talk sure. a little bit about. Let's talk <laughs> a little bit about your journey here now. Yeah. Everybody who studies at influence ecology is educating themselves about transactional competence Absolutely. and the way in which we're involved in exchanges and and so forth. So pre-influence ecology, if you can think back to what was going on there in terms of your thinking, you know, because what we think guides our actions, what we think guides the transactions we're involved in, our business models, our strategies and so forth. Do you remember what you were thinking back there and some of the naivete that may have been going on?
0: (sighs) I knew that I wanted to take my business to the next level. I still do that feeling and desire never cease. And I was looking for quote unquote, something that was going to help me get there. Now I didn't necessarily have an idea of exactly what that was. And in my head, I think it was a program quote unquote program. Right, that was going to fill that gap. And a friend of mine talked about a community that he was a part of. And he said, But it's gonna be rigorous, it's gonna be this, it's gonna be this, and you gotta have the time for it, you gotta have the money for it. And if I share this with you and you don't say yes, then I'll never offer it again. I'm like, oh my god, no, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. <laughs> and then at a certain point, oh my
2: right, goodness,
0: when I saw, <laughs>
2: by the way, listeners, yeah, his conversion way, rates but go ahead, say what? Yeah, his conversion rates were fantastic. <laughs> That's but, why. Yeah.
0: That's why. Because once you yeah. say yes, and then yes, and then yes, and you've agreed to certain things, you are consciously saying yes with intention versus in your head, a, ah, let me check it out. because he's putting consequence around it, right? So, um, and there was something to lose if you said yes and didn't mean it, meaning if you weren't a person of your word and again, influence ecology, it's, that's integrity is huge. So uh, at a certain point when I wanted what he had, which looked like structure, learning, knowledge, what I know now I call specialized knowledge, right? I said, I want that. And I want that so bad. I'm, I'm making myself ready. I travel a lot. I don't have a whole lot of discretionary time and I'm going to carve out time for this. Mm. So, uh, I remember talking to you and Kirkland and I became a part of the community. Uh, you know, graciously I was accepted. I was like, yes, I'm accepted. <laughs> and, uh, when I got, uh, when I started fundamentals of transaction and I got my very first study paper and I, excitedly opened it up and I read the first page. Um, I knew I had to be very intentional. I was like, oh, they told me to get these books before I went on to the next step. Get the-. I was like, I can't because what if they're tracking my keystrokes and they know I went to the next page without getting the books.
2: Oh my gosh. Oh my <laughs> I said, I just
0: want to do the right thing. And when I got, I remember reading the first couple of pages and just stop. I had to stop reading to process what I read. And I sat back and said, Oh my God, where has this information been in my life? Like, why don't people know this? Like, why isn't Hmm. this a part of school? And I I graduated from college. This is deep. And it was all about transacting. And I had only read the first two or three pages. So hello, drop the mic, mind blown um, with the entire program where it was just learning on top of learning, on top of insight, on top of insight, on top of aha moment, on top of breakthroughs. And uh, it, it not only helped me in business, you know, which Influence Ecology Is a an ecology of business people transacting to influence business, and in learning that you're actually what you're really doing is learning how to influence and transact in life, and business just happens to be part of that life. Yep. Too.
2: Yep. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, since since then, since that first study paper, what's transpired? What's actually happened for you mm. in business and in life in terms of how you've applied this?
0: Well, I've recommended the books from Influence Ecology to way more people than I can. I mean, I, I bought a case of the E-Myth by Michael Gerber just so I could have it in my car. And whenever I ran into somebody that was an entrepreneur and I heard something that perked up my ear, I was like, you know, hold on, let me go to my car. I got something for you. And, and I would give them a copy of the email Mm. we visited. Um, I would talk to people about the transformation of influence ecology. What happened for me specifically was how I communicated in sales calls with clients, with Mm. what I need being an ambitious adult versus just drifting and floating out here, ambitious, you know, making requests office offers declining offers that don't fit mm. right now when most people no i shouldn't say most are there are so many uh, entrepreneurs and business people out here just saying yes, yes yes oh my god they asked me yes of course uh and really being intentional about how i am creating and going after my chief aims in life meaning my goals what do i want my dreams my visions Uh, Where do I see myself in my life? And it was a question I'd asked for a long time. What do I really want? And in Influence Ecology is the first time I actually got clear.
1: World-class virtual training has been part of our DNA for over a decade. And the newly launched Influence Ecology Virtual Campus provides a unique, immersive learning environment for our global network of ambitious professionals. Our campus offers corporate training, educational workshops, study incubators, as well as specialized knowledge and innovative tools to help grow your influence and income. Our exclusive membership Ecology allows you to collaborate with some of the best and brightest minds, talent, and skills in many industries, occupations, and cultures across the globe. If you're interested in trying the Influence Ecology Virtual Campus for yourself, visit influenceecology.com forward campus that's influenceecology.com forward slash campus or in the US or Canada, you can text the word campus to 805-262-9008 and we'll send the registration link right to your mobile phone. Again, text the word campus to 805-262-9008. Also in our show notes, you'll find all the links to websites, books, or special downloads mentioned in this podcast.
0: Pre influence ecology. Oh, I just want to be healthy. Oh, I want to lose a little bit of weight. Yeah, I want to get back into working out. I just wanna just wanna feel good again. Post or after becoming a part of the community. I want to be able to run three miles in less than 30 minutes. I want to be able to walk up a flight of stairs and not be breathing hard when I get to the top. Uh, I want my blood pressure to be about 120 over 75. Uh, I want to be around 160 or 165 in my weight. Why? Not because it's an arbitrary number, but because when I am that weight and I am working out consistently, my body feels good at that weight. Uh, I, I look good in the mirror to myself, my clothes, I can actually wear the ones I like versus the one I have to wear until I lose the weight. Right. So (laughs) there's intentionality around all of it. And it's very specific. I don't say anymore. um, I just want to be happy. I know what happy looks like in a tangible measurable. How do I measure if I'm on the right track? Right. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's really great. You're, yeah. you're, um, For our listeners, we're speaking about conditions of life and we introduce people to 15 conditions of life that we all want to satisfy. And in mm-hmm. fact, you, you could say that you either satisfy them or you suffer.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: like we help people get real specific about them and then build transactions to satisfy them.
0: Yeah. And you really know what right. John, I mean, I would even, oh my God, I'm going to say a Kirkland word, gander to say that... <laughs> Have you ever said
2: Gander before? (laughs)
0: No. I don't even know if he has, but it sounds like something he would say, doesn't it?
2: It does. It does.
0: (laughs) I bet Influence Ecology is probably the first time most people who become a part of Influence Ecology have ever gotten that clear on what they want in their life and their business.
2: Yeah, I do too. I accept Yeah. Well, one of the things that I think is worth going and and talking to you about, especially with what's going on in the world, is, um, you know, when people come to influence ecology, it's a business education. So first and foremost, it's a business education in transactional competence. So we just simply teach people how to transact for more of what they want. Mm -hmm. Right. And one of the things that begins to happen for people is they start to think accurately about what they want because most people are not. Right. That in and of itself is rather transformative. Now, we didn't design this program to be a transformative journey. We designed this program to be an educational journey. Mm-hmm. But one thing that starts to be transformative, transformative is that when people get clear about they what they want and then how to transact for it mm-hmm. and it's specific, then everything not that. Um, goes away Mm -hmm. and you get real clear. That speeds up everything. It all goes a lot faster. And then the second thing that's remarkable about our program is um, personality and transactional behavior. Because when people start to understand their own role in a transaction, the way that they move in transactions, the way they tend to show up in transactions – where they're valuable in transactions and where they're not, where they're actually costly in transactions, Mm -hmm. then there's something that's kind of wonderful that happens. And what I'll call that is a a mutual respect for the value and cost of one another in transaction. Mm -hmm. So as an example, We've done our work in corporations and suddenly a performer will say, oh, my gosh, I work around, you know, hundreds of engineers. And this is the first time I've been respected for the narrative that I as a performer bring to the larger transactions. And they now see that they need that rather than going, you're not like me. Get out of here.
0: Right, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so, if I can highlight that performers, I am a performer, and performers for those listening are the socialites—the people who love to tell a good story. We're most of the time we're late or almost late. If we even if we get there on time, we kind of almost late, and um, we love to present. We yeah. Yep. So,
2: well, the the reason I bring it up is because um, one of the things that's evolved here at Influence Ecology is we began to see. That it's possible to transact, to empathize with the other people in transactions. absolutely. And as Kirkland begins to say, rather than pick up a gun, I can transact rather than um, rather than move against rather than um, coerce rather than force, rather than, um, you know,, uh, Self act overlord over situations we can transact, we can develop transactions that have mutual benefit for both parties, which requires that we, that we educate ourselves and what it's like to think from another person's point of view. Yeah. Um, so, there are a lot of people participating here at Influence Ecology that understand the opportunity that we have as an organization to support a world where people understand what it's like to transact with other people from other points of view. And so, um, first of all, any comment on all of that?
0: I mean, yeah. And I know this, it's, this is not what we're talking about on here, but I can't help, but help think about the civil unrest that's happening and think because really transactions, right. In the 13th, when it's everything. Every single thing is a transaction. The baby, the first time it cries and it wants milk, that was a transaction. It cried. We gave it milk. Boom. You know, satisfied. Yes. Um, when the protesters were protesting and some of the police chiefs started marching with them or kneeling, and they were able to totally de escalate a situation because of being willing to be open to see it from a different point of view and empathize. Mm-hmm. And they yes. transacted differently. From the police chiefs who, you know, tear gas and rubber bullets, um, mace in the face or pepper spray rather, and ask, right? And we see it's a completely different outcome as well. So when we transact, are we really doing and taking the actions that are going to get us what we really want, right? Mm -hmm. And I think... um, With influence ecology, man, you you just get so intentional about number one, deliberate practice. What are we doing deliberately every day to work towards our goals? And how does that end up manifesting itself everywhere in our life? And there's not a, there can't be a day that goes by that I don't operate in a different way. Than how I used to before influence ecology, because I'm just a transformed, uh, you alluded to it earlier person because of it. Cause you just see the other way doesn't really work as effectively transactionalism yeah state.
2: Yeah. Agreed. All right. Well, let's do a little bit of this before we exit out of here. Um, yeah. One is I want to find out if there's anything else you want to say about your journey. And number two, I want to find out if you have anything you'd like to say standing on your own soapbox. Uh, we often give people a little soapbox moment here, but those two things, anything else you want to say? And number two, a soapbox moment.
0: Yeah. Uh, so anything I want to say is, you know, yes, I've been part of Influence Ecology for quite a few years. And I think probably for four years, I was not an active part or a person in the community. And because I think I can't remember if I just got busy or, but even when I came back and I said, yeah, I'm ready. I remember I was going through divorce and all kinds of stuff. And at a certain point I really, really realized I was high cost, right? And high cost meaning it takes a whole lot of energy to deal with someone or what's a better way to say it, John, where, The benefit is not outweighing (laughs) what we're going through. The cost, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And being able to be a part of the community to, and I won't say to get back on track, but to get on track to keep moving forward has um, just been a huge deal. So Influence Ecology isn't a magic pill or a magic bullet. It really takes commitment and being willing to go through the rigor of being part of something that's going to hold you accountable to become better Mm -hmm. and to achieve what you really want in your life. So that's what I want to say about that. Um, And as far as my own soapbox, I'm working on an op-ed that hopefully will get into the New York Times or the Post or, or something. Um, about the perspective of being able to see things on both sides and um, just sharing a little light on that. And now really seeing my next level and steps as not, quote unquote, a speaker. But a an advisor and facilitator, someone who is guiding people through those moments where they really have to step up and you're either going to be gutsy or not. You're going to make the right decision or you're not. You're going to look at it from these other points of view and understand so you can do the right thing or not, because it really is a Mm -hmm. choice. Um, So that's just really exciting being in service now in another way. Because organizations, even um, the major brands, everybody's coming out with statements. They don't they're not bringing in a speaker for guidance. They are bringing in folks who have specialized knowledge for guidance. Right. And just learning the stuff from Influence Ecology, you know, having that specialized knowledge has enabled me to leverage my specialized knowledge in a different way than I think I would, than I I know, than I would have been able to before. So, my soapbox is, uh, yo, if you're a policymaker, politician, mayor, governor, bring me in, what's up? Right? Um,
2: That's fantastic.
0: And for all my people out there listening to my voice, do something. Do something. Do something. And for all my quote-unquote white white friends, it's crazy we even say that, um, how do... You learn more about allyship and what our community needs because black people, we aren't in the positions of power to change the policy or believe me, we would. So, and we don't, we didn't hide in the basement of black people's homes during the underground railroad. You know, we weren't out there by ourselves during the civil rights movement. Our community was out there and there were still people that opposed the civil rights movement. They're still opposing the civil rights movement. Why are we fighting to get an anti-lynching bill through the Senate? I mean, everybody knows that's wrong. So allyship, say something, do something. Join me.
2: Great. Bernice, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to speak with you.
0: John, you're awesome. Appreciate you.
2: My special thanks to our guest, Bernice Armour. In our show notes, you'll find links to connect with her and all the links to websites, books, or downloads mentioned in this podcast. The Influence Ecology podcast is produced by Influence Ecology, LLC in Ventura, California. This episode was recorded June 11th, 2020 and was produced by Tessen Crandall and me, John Patterson. You can find a transcript for this and other episodes at influenceecology.com. This episode is made possible through the assistance of the Influence Ecology faculty, staff, mentors, and students around the world. Co-founder Kirkland Tibbles and our colleagues comprise an international collective of professionals who are active in the development of the philosophy of transactionalism and the discipline of transactional competence. Kirkland is considered a leading philosopher and authority in the field and has authored more than 500 papers on the subject, study, and discipline. The podcast theme is by Chris Standring, entitled Fast Train to Everywhere. You can subscribe to the Influence Ecology podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, or via email at podcast at If you haven't yet offered a rating or review, I ask that you take a moment, go to iTunes or your podcast app, and let us know what you think. This helps us more than you know.